Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to episode four of the Full Force Podcast. I'm your host, Kyra, and today we've got one of the women's players, your captain, the leader, Trillian Pumari. How are you? Uh, thank you. No, I'm good. I'm good. All good. All good. Congrats on that too. Thank you. Fourth year, is it? Think so. Think so. I think so. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. And also, congrats on being one of the first to sign a multi-year deal too. You and Michaela, eh? Yeah. yeah. Pretty huge. Um, I think something probably new to the women's space, mm. those multi-year deals, So yeah. especially at Super W level. So yeah, grateful to be a part of that yeah. and be able to get locked in for two years. Yeah, 100%. No, it's awesome. And I guess it shows um, other women that are coming through that there's, you know, opportunity here in mm. rugby to – be signed for more than one year or however it is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think the space where we're moving to gives girls, you know, a bit of stability. They can mm. start planning their lives. Usually we're used to, you know, a couple months here and there yeah, um, and trying to make up the difference. So um, kind of locks you in, yeah. um, gives people stability, can start working their lives out around um, at least the base yep. of what you're doing. So mm. um, trending in the right direction. So yep. massive grateful for that. Nah, nice, nice. All right, Trilly, so how we're going to start this, bit of a mental health chicken. You guys go through a hell of a lot physically and mentally. So how are you mentally? Um, Good. Good? Yeah. Caught me on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me post-session, probably be in the gutter. But um, nah, mentally, good. Yeah. Good. Like probably sitting eight out of ten yep. right now. Nice. So moving into training. Is there anything in particular that you do to take care of yourself mentally? Um, yeah, I try to have a little bit of a life outside of footy. Yep. Don't get caught up too much just being rugby full-time, like mm. full-on. Got to have that mental switch to be able to switch off. Yeah. You know, have some interests outside of rugby. Can't yep. live and breathe it all the time. Um, done that. Kind of goes downhill real quick yep. and things don't go your way. So, mm. um, you know, just hanging out with mates, family. Go scuba diving a little bit. Scuba diving? Yeah. True, that's new. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. You're different people. Yeah. Swim around, be shark bait for a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Trill, um, tell us about your childhood and, and your upbringing. Um, had a good childhood growing up. Grew up uh, back in New Zealand, West Auckland. Yeah. Um, grew up there, um, in and out from the far north. So my holidays were spent there with my aunties, uncles, nanas. Heaps of cousins. Heaps of cousins. Yep. Too many to name. Yep. Or name tagged. <laughs> but um, big family, so I'm one of eight. Mm. Grew up in a big household. Um, that meant, you know, every weekend after school I was at my nana's house um, with all my other hundreds of cousins yep. fighting it out for a loaf of bread. Um, <laughs> but... Nah, real, real, um, I think, big family support system. So whatever we had going on as a family, as individuals, you always had people to step in and help you. Mm. So, um, yeah, moved over here when I was 16 yeah. um, to Perth, myself, my family, all my siblings, my mum and dad at the time, just up and left Auckland, um, moved here and been here ever since. What made them want to come here? Just opportunity, I think. You know, a big opportunity, um, different environment, um, growth. I think they could see it probably before we could as kids. What do you know when you're 16? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything when you're 16. Well, but they had a vision for us, you know, just to open doors that 
we probably couldn't get to mm. um, being back home. And it's kind of paid off, yep. I think, in the long run. Yeah. Culture, how important is that to you? I know you've been a, a proud Māori girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, massive yep. for me. Um, I think growing up, pretty immersed in my culture. Mm. Um, I grew up in Kohangareo. Yep. To, um, when I was, what, five, starting school, went to Kurukaupapa, which was Māori school. Um, didn't transition to English school until I was year six. Mm-hmm. So my last year of primary, tried to learn how to read and write in English. Had a dabble in it. <laughs> um, was a, kind of writing half Māori, half English. Could speak English, speak English at home. Yep. speak Māori to my dad usually. But um, transitioned from that and we kind of just grew up in mainstream school after that. And um, the big difference, I think, was the sports. Mm. You know, growing up in a Māori school, we had like 30 of us from year one to 13. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one friend my age. Like you have some 17-year-olds walking around. <laughs> so it's different, I think. But at the same time, I think I learned so much about my culture that never left me. Mm. So I've never really had a big like yearning or feeling like I've missed out on something. Yep. Um, I know some people struggle with that, not knowing their culture, not knowing their language. So um, it's something that's stuck with me that I haven't really lost. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm. Um, yeah. And being like a Māori that's represented Australia, was that um, not weird to you, but was it, you know, did you get opinions from other people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I think some of them mainly were my family, to be honest. Yeah. I just think they, obviously, their experience, they haven't experienced living here mm-hmm. until you've actually lived here. And just the opportunity that I've, I've had while being here was something I wanted to give back, yep. you know. So I'm always grateful, like, chucking on that green and gold jersey. Um. Is something I'm proud of. Yep. So, especially in rugby, you know, um, you know, everybody wants to be a black friend, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And their rugby space is pretty well looked after. So, I think to be a little dent in the Wallaroos is pretty cool. Yeah. So, hundred percent. Hopefully, it'll inspire you know other people mm. to be like, oh, it's actually pretty cool to play at the pinnacle of rugby. Yeah. Because that that's what we are at the end of the day. You know, you're that top one percent. And you get to be a part of something if you want to be. Mm. You know, you got, I think you got people like, you know, Bundy Aki too, you know, now keep playing for Ireland. Ireland, yeah. That, that man don't look Ireland. Irish. <laughs> yes. But like, it's cool. Like, I'm sure he'll inspire his people to be like, man, I want to be like that. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. Massively Tra- different, but yeah. <laughs> you get the gist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, where did the, Rugby journey begin for you? Um, for me, it started here. Mm. So that's why I'm pretty massive on, you know, playing for the force. Yep. Being here, um, playing for Wallaroos as well. Um, my rugby journey started Wallaroo. Yep. So just up the road. Um, that's where I started. I think I was 16 or 17. Got pulled in by a coach, uh, when I was pulled in. And he just saw me playing touch, running around, running amok you know, the step back quickies yep. and don't want to do any yards. <laughs> Grateful he saw some potential in that. <laughs> any other coach would have been like, who is this kid? Share the ball. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he just kind of hit me up. He didn't even know me. And he was just like, hey, I 
do you, are you keen to play some rugby? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, and he kind of just dove into that, started building a connection with me, just dragged me along for a few years and we ended up being a pretty successful club up there. Um, mm. I think we made finals seven years in a row, won five of those um, and just built like a, a legacy off it. So I think just a team, a foundation that we built there has kind of always kind of lingered on for a little bit. Mm. Um, you've still got players up here as a battling, yep. you know. Some of those, like the Kalepos here, they've played for, I think, when I was even there, I think that, that was like their 12th year, hadn't won a game, hadn't won a championship. Then they end up winning five. Yep. So pretty cool. Pretty cool, right. And you did, you did speak about touch as well. Touch had a, has had a big influence on you as an athlete. Yeah, 100%. I think that's where that's where it started for me. I was mm. just a kid. Yeah. I think it's so big back home in New Zealand, playing touch. Um, it's in schools. Yeah. It wasn't in my Māori school. <laughs> it was in my English schools. <laughs> but um, just I think you just play it naturally to connect with your family growing up. Yeah. You know, we were always um, just down at the courts, like playing on the basketball courts at lunchtime during school, you know, bare feet doing your hard steps yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the concrete <laughs> with your cracked heels. Yeah. But um, that's just where it started. It was just I had an uncle who would just drag me to every comp in Auckland, yeah. like socially, whether it was open grade, kids grade. They just, I don't know what it was back then, but there was just a, a phase of that generation where they were so competitive and mm. chasing touch tournaments. Yeah, yeah. And they would just drag as if you had a little inkling into the sport, they'll drag you to every tournament to try mm-hmm. and win it. And it still happens today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it does. And I, I remember back home, like, or even to this day, like, if you've got a like a mad step, like <laughs> you're known, you're like you're the guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it like, starts with a step. It hey? starts with no the one step. wants to know about those yards. Nah, nah, Get me down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And just watch. Watch me just whack someone. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> the old touch game. Um, okay, so Wanneroo and then then where? What happened? Uh, Wanneroo. So played a few seasons at Wanneroo. Yep. Um, wouldn't even say debuted. Yep. I don't know if you can say debut that at club level. I just remember I, I rocked up to my first game thinking like, cool, I'll just come off the bench and run around. They started me at fullback. Yeah. All the gear, no idea. All I knew was just don't put your socks up high. I'll be that easy target. <laughs> but um, was never kind of short of ambition. So first game, they broke the line. She ran straight at me and I just knew I had to make a tackle. Yeah. And they made that and it kind of just gave me confidence. So um, done that for a few years. Um, I didn't actually crack anything ever until real late, um, I think it was about 2017. Got a look into like a Wallaroos-type pony squad. Um, nothing really come of it, but I remember being at home one time, being like watching, um, they played against, I think it was England, back home they had a tournament and I was like, I'm, I'm sure I could play that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the couch coach ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done any work, but I'm sure I can do something. But um, Ended up getting a call and they um, said, like, you've been selected to play um, for the Wallaroos to go to the World Cup in Ireland. And I was like, what the heck? Something's going wrong here. I was like, because they were like, can you play halfback? 
Never in my life have I ever played halfback. And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just like so naive, so young, just saw opportunity. And I was like, yeah, gun. Even yeah. if I'm just there mm -hmm. to be a human tackle bag, like all good for experience. So yeah. um, 2017, kind of got a call up, done the like a four-week prep of just trying to run in gym as much as I can. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be like the most prepared, but I knew if I just put in a little bit of work and try to get myself in the best condition I can to put my best foot forward. Um, so done that, rock up um, to camp, and they're like, can you play 10? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll have a go. It's just like touch. Yeah. All the gear, no idea. Could run the plays, had no idea what a, like being a 10 meant. Yeah. Um, but just so naive, so keen. Um, anyways, went to team naming and I got like named to start and I was like, holy wreck. So it was like the first game we're playing in Ireland against Ireland at that time it was the biggest crowd for a women's rugby game. And back then it was like 8,500, yeah. something like so small. I think with the most recent world cup, I think, um, the Black Ferns packed it out like yeah. 50,000 or something. You guys? That was, yeah, that was the first record. And then yeah. by their final, they had the rec most record for a standalone women's rugby game. Yeah. Which it's crazy to see how much, um, you know, the games evolved and changed mm -hmm. and how much more visibility there is for people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like kind of a little bit of my journey. I just kind of, someone had a stab in the dark with me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and uh, I just kind of was in it. From there, and just kind of worked away at it, chipped that, chipped away at it little by little, and um, still, still there at the moment. So, I think as long as you're not complacent, you're always still trying to get better, whatever that means. Not chasing an accolade or a team, just trying to work at it. Mm. I think you know, just work at it in the dark yep. when no one's watching. Yeah, I think that's more sustainable than being like, I want to make this team and that team. So, yeah, uh -huh. a little bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Um. I know you d dabbled in a bit of sevens as well, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Didn't do too well there. Yeah. Didn't do. Nah, I'll just say, I was you know that kid that only plays on the five? That was me. Yeah. yeah. Zero cardiovascular capacity. <laughs> <laughs> Had a step and a dive, and I just never really knew what high performance was. I never really saw anyone yeah. um, growing up. We were all just a, a family, a team. I don't know, like West Auckland, it's all about quickies on the five. Yeah. <laughs> there was no sprints and trying to get fit. It was like, just give me the ball and I'll step someone all good. Yeah. Um, so dabbled in some sevens, played sevens here. Um, KK ran that for a bit. And then I think just probably just wasn't for me. Mm. <laughs> Would would the like the introduction of the Olympics not like be enticing enough to get you to go back and play sevens? Yeah, it was there at the time. I think yes and no. Like I just like being here in WA, I think just visually, like who do we have? Mm -hmm. We had Debbie Carley, like that's one player. But other than that, and she would train by herself, you know, she she knew what was required. She's yeah. probably someone we don't speak of too often and not enough of. She won a World Cup at sevens before the Olympics came. So she was she was at it by herself for years and years. So 
it's just that piece. I think that's what's real different now. You you see all those girls on TV now. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, like like who in WA knows Debbie? Which do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just that visibility piece. I I just didn't know anyone. I didn't know how to get there. Yeah, KK kind of. If anybody knows Koyatu Koyatu, that man's legend. <laughs> that yeah. man's been there, done it all, yeah. and he he kind of had the vision yeah. that no one else could see. And he would just flog us till we couldn't walk. But <laughs> 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 but um, I think that's a probably a big piece to it. I just, I just didn't know who to look to. Yeah, you know, I didn't have anyone. Who, who had done it and that I knew really well that be like, oh, cool, shit, mm-hmm. it is possible, you know. So that's what's cool now, you know. People see Super W, the club girls get to see us, the young girls get to see us, and they're like, there's actually a pathway here. So it's massive. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us more about your time with the Wallaroos. So I remember you how you said that you played over in Ireland. Um, what came after that? Um, after Ireland. So we only used to have like two test matches a year. Um, so after Ireland, it was nothing. Mm. You know, you'll have uh, two test matches scheduled for the following year, and that was like a bledder's low between the Black Ferns. So you'll have one camp and two games. So um, you're just working at it by yourself. And, you know, we didn't have Super W then. So we had a um, just a state tournament at that point, um, which you'll go away for seven to ten days, jam heaps of games in, um, and then try and make two test matches for the year. So where we are now, I think we've got like eight to ten scheduled for the year, along with Super W. Like it's crazy how much the game's changed and evolved mm. from just two two games a year like yeah. you know how can you how can you be the best in the world with two games a year yeah so there seems to be a lot more investment going into women's rugby now as well mm. a lot more money getting pumped into the game as well yeah 100 yeah. i think especially here yeah i don't i don't know what other clubs are doing but i know how much investment like the force have made into us yeah you know and we're, what we're trying to turn our program into i think we're probably leading in that space mm. and I hope it inspires other clubs to do the same thing for their women because, you know, being able to put people to part-time work is something massive. Yep. So if if that's, you know, that Wallaroos goal or anything international, you know, because um, we've got other people from other countries here, which is crazy for us because we get to learn other shapes, other experiences from people. Um, mm. I think it opens those doors to get, you know, experience and the caliber of people that we want around us to really sharpen our swords. So I, I hope every other super that rugby club um kind of pump money into their woman. Yeah. So we'll be worth it. It is worth it. Mm. So you're still working what part time? Full time. Full time? Yeah. Yeah. Difficult like as a you know doing this being a captain and doing all the things that you've done like mm. difficult doing all that. Plus work? Yeah. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, 100%. But yeah. I think you choose your heart. Yeah. You know, right. you you can whinge about it, you can moan about it, but at the end of the day, I, I'm choosing this. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think no matter what you do or what space, it's always got to be hard. you just got to choose it. Mm. So for sure, but choose your heart. Yeah. 
because um, I'm sure you guys have got mums in the team as well. Yeah, yeah. we do. It, it's crazy what they can do, man. Like, it, it's crazy what those girls do. Mm. Like, I've got mad respect for our mums. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're they here, they go home to their kids or they give their kids to their parents, their cousins, their sisters, anyone, the other kids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids looking after the other kids. But it, it's crazy what they do and they show up with a good attitude, um, just get the work done. Mm. But it's been like that for years. Yeah, I think just women's sports in general, I think people just don't highlight it and talk about it. Mm. I, I think it's cool we have, you know, the little kids on the sideline at trainings, I think it's cool. We've got Blake, Winter, Levi, you know, those kids. Yeah. The girls' kids, I think it bring them down, get them amongst it so they can inspire their kids. It's pretty huge. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, that's. Yeah, 100%. All right, so tell us um, about how things have been going with the force this year. How's all pre-season and that been? Long? Hard. Always long. Yeah. Anything running long. Yeah. Nah. Um, it's been good. So we started, we got at it pretty early. Um, still in preseason, about to kick off our um, trial games in a couple of weeks. So pretty happy with that. Um, I think we're rugby players at the end of the day, so we want to play. Um, but the prep, I think we just bought in so well. We're starting to connect. We got still got work to do around that space and connecting with the rest of the club and certain people that in the organization we need to reach out to. Yep. So I think um it's all good to do our own thing and we're all on the same page, but I think we need to reach out to whatever resources we have available mm-hmm. within this building yep. and try to deepen those connections. So, you know, one wins we all win. Yep, that's it. How's um how's the coach? Oh, Dills. Dills. Nah, he's gone. He's good. Yeah. He's mean. Yeah. Um, just onto it, eh? Yeah. You That's think you man. got this smart idea? Like I always hit him up. Him and I get along pretty well, so I just you think you have this cool ass idea, and you'll go to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was actually going to bring that up next week." I was like, "Mean," <laughs> but he just has a he has a knack and a feel for what high performance is and how to create it mm. and how to build it slowly because, yeah. you know, you build too fast, it's not sustainable, there's no foundation on it. So he's all about just the little things, you know, brick by brick, build slowly. And then the the long-lasting thing is, you know, do we have a program in five years? You know, it's yeah. all good to be a one-hit wonder, yeah. um, you know, have these part-time contracts. and But we're trying to think, like, how do we make this sustainable? Mm. How do we in two years make this full-time? So, um, he's crazy, yeah. knowledgeable, skillful. Um, nah, he's been a good addition as head coach. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do with the season and not just this season, he signed for two years. So. Two years as well. Yeah, I did see that. So, you know, he's pretty smart. Yeah. So if this is what he's doing in the first year, I'm sure he's got plans for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you take part in any of the men's program? I know Kayla does. She's mm. involved. Do you get involved? No, nah, I haven't. Not this year. Yep. Usually I run around with, um, so last year, um, all of my training was with the academy boys, yep. um, which was cool. They're real good boys. Obviously, Dill started that program, kind of transitioned out of it. Um, but what he built there, uh, I knew and had confidence in what he could bring to our women's game. Hmm. So those, those boys are really, really clued up. And now, that, you know, they're knocking on door of Junior Wallabies. Yep. So that kind of speaks volumes for itself. 
Um, but it's cool. I don't, but at the same time, the option's always there. But it's cool because now we have our own hub. We have our own girls. Yeah. So a lot of my trainings with the girls now, you know, we that's optional now. Where before it was the only option I had. Yeah. Okay. So that's been the big difference this year. Is yeah, it's cool. Cool to run around with the guys, but we have our own program. Yeah. You know. So. You spoke about um preseason. So how how many preseason games you've you got coming up? Uh, we have two preseason games. Yep. Two, no, three, three preseason games. So, um, Who you got? We got the Rebels. We got Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. Are Tokyo. they in the comp? No. Oh, so they just. They we get some of their girls, and we just got a relationship between them. Yeah. Okay. So nice. It's something you know the force have been kind of building. Yep. Since last year. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah. Some opportunities there for next year to go over there and play them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'll be mad. Yeah, it's massive. Um, and who else? Who's the third one? Um, so we got them. I think a Queensland country team. Okay. Um, by memory, I think that one's just to be confirmed. But three um games, we usually hit our strides in that fourth game. So um, that fourth game for us will be round one. Mm. So usually we don't have any preseason games, and it's hard to get a run here because you're just bending up your mates. Yeah. So it doesn't really work out well. Yeah. Um, so that's a big, big improvement. Mm. You know, just having trial games yeah. is like, you know, you're still sitting in the women's space and you're like, you're gloating about you've got trial game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully like it's just a thing as of now, you know, we're not just sitting here and I can't wait for a trial, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'd- it's like. Man, the men's just have trials left, right, and center all the way up until round one. So why can't we? Yeah. So it's cool. Mm, mm. How, have they expanded your guys' comp this year? Have you got? Uh, no. Nah. nah. We still have draw. Yeah. Um, so it's round three, no, round four, we get to go to Fiji. Yeah. Um, but the duration, still the same. Mm. Same amount of teams. Um, it's probably good, to be honest. You know, we've got to build depth within um, our own system yeah, and just across the whole country, I think. So expanding too quick, I think you'll lose some of the depth. Yeah. No, so, you're right. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. What what do we do outside of rugby? Outside of rugby? Oh, scuba diving. <laughs> Is it honest? No, no, for real. Oh, true. Okay. No one believes it, too. No, no, no. When you told me that, I was like, what? This is random, eh? Yeah. I don't know. I just had a mate at work one day. I was like, you want to come scuba diving? Go get your ticket. And then I did. True. Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's good, man. No one yeah. can talk to you. Yeah. It's like yeah. meditating. Yeah. No one can annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that fear, though, of like, fuck. Nah. Bullshit. Or something roaming around. Nah. nah. Kind of get lost in your own world. But other than that, you know, dabble in some touch here and there. Yeah. Usually rock up to state titles, but didn't this year. Yeah. Went, wasn't allowed? Not allowed. Not allowed. But. Fair enough. I think old girl. You just signed We've a two-year deal. The- <laughs> wouldn't be either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about life after rugby? Yeah, I think my brain doesn't stop. Yeah. About life after anything. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, for sure. What does it look like? Um, I don't know. Maybe coaching, probably in a coaching space, or maybe the young girls. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something I'm probably passionate about. 
not so much like Super W level, but if there was like a under 18s, 19s comp, you know, and prep them for Super Dub and for other programs, um, not just rugby too or not just international rugby, but like what what's their ceiling of potential, yeah, you know, yeah. and just finding that in people. I find that interesting um, in anything, you know. It's such a skill that you learn mm. playing rugby that you just take that mindset into anywhere and you can probably win. Yeah. So. And it's you You guys have been the ones that have created that pathway for the future as well with the introduction of, you know. Can you say that again? I said you guys have been. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on repeat and yeah. play it at the under 16s. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. But like, like how you said, like there wasn't really a pathway back then, mm. you know. Yeah. So. For there to be a pathway now that you've been a part of is, mm. is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. It is cool. I, th- I think what's cool is like, you know, those mums, they go back and play club footy. You got hit above. Bro, she lights up club footy. Yeah. I always speak of her because I'm just like, she's someone who can change the momentum and the she can impact the whole team with one hit. Yeah. Or just something around the field. Yeah. So she lights up colour, you know, that that's the club. That's the breeding ground for us is mm. club. So it's cool to see girls go back to their clubs and, you know, get a little spark of what um, high performance is and mm. then they go back to their clubs and try to pour out any knowledge that they can. And then hopefully, you know, the following years we get some of those embers that kind of started there, then they're in our program. So that's the dream, yeah. to be honest, like going back to those club. Do you think any players that – you think that out there playing at the moment, club footy should be here with you guys in the supers? Um, I don't know. Is Hedda is Hedda with you? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, Hedda's gone. Hedda's <laughs> gone. Beast, beast, yeah. just yeah. good person. I think. Yeah. More than anything, good person, humble as. Yeah. Um, but you can call on her for anything. Reliable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yes, probably, probably mm. to be honest, probably. But at the end of the day, like you either hear it or not. Yeah, like it's not being cutthroat or brutal about it. But if you want to be here, you'll do whatever you can to be here. That's it. And some sometimes it's just reaching out to people and saying like, "Hey, that's like, what did you do?" You know, they can see these people now. They can see these girls. So there's no real excuse anymore. Yeah. You know, about if you're sitting on the fence saying, "I can be there. I can do this and that." Um, because these girls go back to club footy at the end of the day, you know, and they're there to help. So I don't think there's an excuse whether you're sitting on the fence saying, I should be there, I could be there. You're either here or you're not. Mm, hard. Nice, nice. All right, Charlie, I've got a quick quiz that I've got to give mm. you before we close off. All right, I asked this on the last podcast, this one. Oh, was... Diary of a CEO vibes. Nah, nah, not. <laughs> it was actually given to me by Levi. Oh, <laughs> not that bad, not that bad. All right, scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Ooh. One being rubbish, ten, you're very good at keeping secrets. I'll say solid eight, I reckon. Eight. Take it to my grave. Unless you're like, you know, you're going to die and you're doing something silly. <laughs> All right, favourite childhood TV show? Oh, that's a hard one. Rocket Power. Rocket Power. Favourite number? Seven. Why? Perfection. Mm. And then Stacey Jones was my idol growing up. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good idol. Uh, what does a person need to be happy? Ooh. I think every time I 
get asked about happiness, I don't, it's not high on my priority list. I, I don't know. I love content, being content over happiness. I think happiness is temporary. Okay. What's, <laughs> what's for dinner tonight? Oh, probably the light and easy frozen meals in the freezer downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Favourite NZ slang word? Mean. Mean. Pre-game hype song? Ooh. Probably Whitney Houston, My Love Is Your Love. Not bad. Favourite NZ dish? Ooh. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. There we go. Celebrity crush growing up. Oh, Ryan Gosling still. True. <laughs> uh, all right. Greatest rugby player of all time. Female Ooh. and male. Ooh. I'll say growing up was, for me, Carlos Spencer. Carlos Spencer. Bit of razzle. Bit of razzle. What about female? Female. Like current or who I like or? Whoever you think is. Oh, Bo Della Cruz. Bo Della Cruz, yeah. She if was, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Old Nana. Gun, gun touch player too. <laughs> um, something you're good at, not rugby. Not scuba diving. <laughs> something I'm good at. Oh, probably winning the board games, family board games. All right. Something you're terrible at. Playing fair at family board games. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I've got. Shot truly. All right, so on this podcast, got a closing quote. Have you got something for us that you can share on this podcast? Closing quote? Um, or like, or I don't know, it could be a piece of advice or, or something. So, Oh, actually, I have a proverb I live by and I love. Which is it's Māori e harataku toe te toataki tahi ingani te toataki tini. It means your victory is not that of your own, but those of many. So you can't get there by yourself. Yeah, nice. And if you think you're by yourself, you probably weren't. You're probably the problem. All right, <laughs> awesome. All right, Shirley, thanks for sharing your story and coming on, giving up your time. No, nah, all good. All Thank right. you. I mean, thanks for having us, guys. Later.